Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Enlighten Me Radio. I'm your host, Maria Rippo, the founder of Transformational Healing and Wellness at MariaRippo.com. And Enlighten Me Radio's mission is to empower women to embrace their struggle with weight and food as a powerful path. Maria? Hello, hello. Okay, I'm here. I just realized that I was cut off. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh my goodness! How much of it did? How much of your introduction, my amazing introduction, did we miss? Oh no! Oh no! It's the whole time it said host disconnected. So it's like, oh my gosh! And then I emailed you. Oh well, thank you so much for staying on. Okay, well you know what? This is how life goes. So we're just gonna go with it. So I'm gonna start over and thank you. For staying on, I had no idea. I went on and on, and then all of a sudden, oh I was introducing you anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? This is how life happens. So I feel like that's part of the detox process, right, is releasing perfectionism and just opening to um, the real perfection, the imperfection, the perfection of the imperfection. So here we are. Welcome to Enlighten Me Radio. I'm your host, Maria Rippo, the founder of Transformational Healing and Wellness at MariaRippo.com. Enlighten Me Radio's mission is to empower women to embrace their struggle with weight and food as a powerful path of inner as well as outer transformation. Today, I am so blessed to have Dr. Deanna Minnick on the call for the second time She is an internationally recognized health expert and author with more than 20 years of experience in nutrition, mind-body health, and functional medicine. She holds her master's and doctorate degrees in nutrition, and she's lectured extensively throughout the world on health topics, teaching patients and health professionals about nutrition, and she does it in a very colorful and vibrant way, and that's what I get so excited about. She is a fellow of the American College of Nutrition a certified nutrition specialist, and a certified functional medicine practitioner. Currently, she teaches for the Institute of Functional Medicine and for the graduate program in functional medicine at the University of Western States. Her passion, and she does it so well, is bringing forth a colorful, whole self approach to nourishment called Whole Detox. And what she does at this program is bridging the gaps between science, 
soul and art in medicine, and she does it so beautifully. Her new book is called Hold Detox, a 21-day personalized program to break through barriers in every area of your life. So if you ever get a chance to meet her in person, which I have, you will just see life with a capital L, vibrant life. She's so vibrant and alive, and I'm in love with her new book. And one of the reasons that I am is that detox has really become this controversial word, especially in a world filled with so much disordered eating. So, so often the word detox can be synonymous with deprivation, restriction, and even starvation, really. So for me, it's all in how we go about detoxing. So what I love about whole detox is that it's about detoxing our whole life of everything that's not serving us. And it's about truly living life vibrantly in every way. And at this point, it's the only detox that I will recommend to my clients because it's a whole life detox. Um, I just can't wait to talk to you more about this. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome you and thank you for your patience. Welcome, Dr. Deanna Minnick. Thank you so much, Maria. It's such a delight to be here talking with you about one of our favorite topics, of course. You know, you're yeah. all about transformation. <laughs> and yeah. I, with yeah. the detox, that's what happens with people. They transform. So we're, we're going to have a great discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I would love to just start out with asking what inspired you to write this book. You know, um, it was years in the making. I I had run a number of detox programs. I started out as a nutritionist doing nutritional detoxification programs and started to see that people would only go so far with nutrition and certain things would happen to them while they were doing their cleansing. You know, they, they would start to have these internal revelations. And so they might want to end their jobs, end their relationships, and their marriages, and it was a huge okay. cathartic time. So I just thought, you know, with, with all of my experience in doing this over the years, you know, why not just empower people to do it on their own? So that's why I, I put the book together so that people can do it on their own. The program is actually baked into the book so that you can just pick it up and start whenever you're ready, or, you know, I also offer these online programs where I take people through the book. So that's an option, too. Yeah, yeah, and I I love your online program that you have. You post so much inspiring um, things to think about, and everything so colorful and vibrant. It just makes you excited to live this vibrant life. You know, it feels abundant rather than coming from lack and deprivation, and that's what I love so much about your work. It's just you are so gifted. So, okay, well, so why would you say that we need to look at all the factors that might be negatively affecting our health instead of just the food part. Yeah, well, the food part gets the ball rolling, and I think it is important to address the food part. It's just that, you know, I've seen so many people where they're these foodies and they jump from diet to diet and, you know, they get certain benefits from following a diet and then it's like they want to go and follow another diet and it almost becomes like a pathology. It becomes like a Mm -hmm. disease. It's almost yeah, I have these these conditions, um, but, you know, somehow we distract ourselves with all these diets. And what I have noticed is that if we don't account for the emotions, for our thoughts, for our mind, for our hearts, and the whole process, and even our spirits, and we'll define what that is, 
then I feel like it's an incomplete picture. It's kind of like, you know, one part of us, you know, our physical body needs to eat, but what about the other parts of us that don't need to eat? What are we doing with them through a detox? So I, I just felt like, you know, if you look at traditional medicine systems and the healing arts, there is always this appreciation of the idea that we're more than our physical bodies, and, and we are. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I do this detox in a holistic way because nobody is really doing it like I think it should be done. And, of course, as you've been alluding to, Maria, I really like color because people are so much in their left logical brain that they don't mm-hmm. get messy and playful and creative and chaotic and really into the flow of an experience. And so I use the the bridge of color to take them over onto the other side to really get creative, get symbolic, get metaphorical about your health. In fact, I have an email going out to my list today, and it's all about symbolic disease and how mm-hmm. our bodies are telling a story but we're not listening. Yeah. We're just saying, okay, let's go get all these labs done. Let's go to the doctor. Let's go to get, you know, the, check it out with a practitioner. But we're not listening at a deeper level to the dreams that we're having, to the actual metaphor of the symptoms we're having. Are we inflamed? Yeah. And if we are, what are we inflamed about, right? So I think yes. that... Um, and you yes, know, yes, yes. Right, 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 key. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's so important. And I... Um, I work a lot with that with my clients doing hypnotherapy and really talking to the things that are going on, the parts of our body where things are going on, whether it's the weight or the pain in the hip. And it's amazing because when people really tap in, those things have emotions and something to say that they're, you know, our body is a biofeedback loop. It's, it's messaging system is symptoms, things going on. Yeah. This is how it's trying to speak to us. And instead of listening to the message, we try to make the messenger go away. Exactly. Because, you know, it's not easy to look at emotions. And I get that. I mean, think of how long people have ignored and neglected their emotions. And then all of a sudden, at age 45, they're like, wow, oh, my gosh, I've got to start looking at all of that anxiety I had during my teens and all of that anger I had in my 20s. You know, it just feels like a huge mountain to, to have to climb. So, It feels like it could swallow us alive, really. I mean, when I started doing my inner healing work, it was so scary to feel all of what I never let myself feel. You know, but it's really the only way, and we've got to find that way to be supported in the process. So that's part of what I love about your book is, like you said, you know, people can join your online program, but they really can go through the book by themselves, and it's like it's, it's so much more than about, the food that we're eating. It's really a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical journey that you embark on. That's so true. And I I really like what you said about support, you know, uh, support in the process. This is one of the things that I have noticed that people don't have. You know, we can't tackle that big mountain by ourselves. And I remember when I was going through a lot of my own personal healing crisis, and I would say that was like mid to late 20s, um, one of the things that I did was I just started going to a lot of classes. I did a lot of workshops. I, I needed to be in the presence of healers to help me. And I wasn't yeah. just going to one person. I was going to, you know, and I started to open my mind to all these other possibilities, like what is Reiki? Let me explore that. 
let me explore going to a psychic, let me explore going to a naturopath, and let me explore going to uh, an astrologer, you know, and just, I, I had to open my lens wide to see my blind spots and what was going on, and I had to make peace with it, and I, I think you need a team, yeah. you need a team of healers. Yes, 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 and a community, a you know, it's supportive, that supportive community, because I think it's so easy to go through life thinking that we're crazy, really. Yeah. Um, we have this deep fear that we're actually crazy because we don't know what to do with how we feel and all these emotions, and they come out misdirected. And, um, and when we can have people reflecting back to us a healthy version of ourselves and, and hold that space for us to feel however we feel, then we can so much more easily accept ourselves there and meet ourselves there, which is what we have to do in order to heal. Meet ourselves there, like you said, our dark parts, all of our parts. All of our parts. And, you know, to find the right tribe is important because Mm -hmm. we can also get a little codependent into tribes that maybe seem to be supporting and then they just play into our our victimology. And it's Mm -hmm. like we just our pathology and our diagnoses and we don't really liberate ourselves and so um, I think it's really important to be very discerning about who you let into your tribe because uh, like you just said they will be your mirror and uh, you know somebody once said to me if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room you really need to Mm. be with people to make you grow you know and don't go to people who are just going to yank you on everything yes Deanna yes absolutely no you want challenges you want to take a scorpionic approach to getting under the the deep messy stuff and some of the best friends are those that are going to push you and prod you and and they're there to teach you yeah but you know that's yeah. to be done in a compassionate way as well you know to the other side uh, we have to look at it's important. It's not always easy to find. I mean, the, no. we're definitely out there. The communities are out there. But, yeah, it, we are in such a codependent society. So, so much of what we're used to um, is codependence that we don't even know the difference. So, something important to look at, something important to heal. And it's toxic, right? It's one of those toxins, which is the next thing that I wanted to ask about is what is a toxin and how does it create a barrier? A toxin is anything that is a barrier. So let me just reframe it that way. So um, anything that stands in the way of your personal growth and your full potential, you can consider to be toxic. And, of course, I'm taking and extrapolating out that definition in a very expansive way because if you talk to an environmental medicine person or a naturopathic physician, they're going to say, well, a toxin is a persistent organic pollutant or a heavy metal in the environment or plastic And it's all of those things, but I also think that we can generate internal toxins. We can be around toxic people. We can stay in toxic jobs. We can live in toxic places. You know, all these mold-infested homes and and workplaces, Mm -hmm. the the sick building syndromes. So what I would say is just make a list. And, and in fact, I'm doing with um, with the whole detox group, we're doing a plastic-free challenge. We're we're just going to focus on one of those toxins, which is plastic. It is something in our environment. Uh, But then I also look at, you know, what is the underlying meaning of plastic? What is the underlying meaning of these heavy metals or these these persistent organic pollutants, these herbicides and pesticides in our environment? So what I would say is just for everybody listening, do kind of a toxic dump on paper. You take a piece of paper and you write down all the things, just kind of center yourself and 
really feel in the space of, you know, what is toxic to me right now? You know, think about the people in your lives. Think about where you spend your time. And if you don't get energy from it and you walk away from these things kind of feeling like you've just been uh, bitten in the neck by a vampire, then you just kind of know that, wow, that, that must be not so good for me. <laughs> you know, write it mm-hmm. on the list. Even if you're doubting it and you're not sure, put it on the list. And, and start to see where your toxicities are. And you can cluster them. You can say, okay, these are my environmental. These are my home-related toxins. These are my people toxins. These are my, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm stuck in my past. These are kind of my history toxins, my family toxins. You know, kind of you, you need to be aware to do anything about it. That's the first place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what would be the next, how, how, why is it important to release these toxins out of our life? Mm-hmm. Well, if we don't, then we're going to stay in the same place. And it's kind of like that, I think it was Dr. Seuss that talked about the definition of insanity or somebody mentioned this and maybe it's, it's worded mm-hmm. in a Dr. Seuss way. You know, if we expect different results and we're doing the same thing, this is just going to keep us revolving around in our little spiral So we've got to do something different to get different results. And, you know, I kind of see it as a three-part process. First, we develop the awareness. We've got to know what is toxic. First, we defined it, which that was great. And now it's like, okay, anything that's taking away our energy is toxic. Let me write it down. Let me look at those things. Let's look at the mirror. And then from there, start figuring out what can I start weeding out? What can I crowd out? And and then kind of the third step of the process is what do I bring in that's nourishing, healing, revitalizing, rejuvenating? What really juices me? Uh, Because I think in a lot of these detox programs that are out there, there's so much focus on what to take out. You know, you always feel kind of deprived, like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, you got to take out sugar, you got to take out alcohol and coffee and on and on and on. And so I think with um, the, the holistic detox that I've created with whole detox, it's about, you know, maybe it's not so much focusing on the negative and the toxicities, but once you've done that and you're aware, let them go and now start to replace with things that are nourishing, even if it's one thing. You know, for me personally, I'm always reevaluating my health. Anytime we're in our bodies and we're not passed over into another realm, we're still working on ourselves. And I'm continually working and growing and, and, and really challenging my, myself. And for me lately, it has been... I'm just committing to to being in nature one hour a day because I'm working on my mm. physical and my spiritual fitness. And I thought, you know, that's perfect. The the one thing that I can do every day, and I put it on my to-do list even, so I'm, I know I'm going to get it done, is just be in nature for an hour a day. And I get inspired. It's spiritual to me. And I'm physically <laughs> uh, getting fit because I'm doing something in it, whether I'm in the garden or I'm taking a walk or you know, any number of things that I'm doing. So you just figure out one thing that is nourishing. What do you want to work on? I think many times people set themselves up for failure because they take on way too much, way too much. And then mm-hmm. you can't do it. And then they feel yeah. like, I'm not going to do it at all anymore. So just one little small sticky thing that you can do on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And what do you say to people? Do you have patients sometimes that, say, you know, well, I'm a single mom, I'm already up at 5.30, i got to catch the bus, I get home, you know, the kids need help with homework, they've got, um, I've got to make dinner, um, I, I don't 
I don't even have any time to think about myself. What would you say to somebody that I feel like that's a common thought process in our society right now? You just said it. It's a thought process. They're actually limiting themselves. And if you go mm-hmm. back and play through their days, they do have time. It's just what they're allocating their time to. So, yes, I see a lot of these types of clients over and over and over again. In fact, I even have some now who they're struggling because of this. And it's a mindset thing. And it's the thing of, you know, I'm a mom and I have to give over all of who I am to my children, to my husband, to my partner, to my family. And and this is a limiting belief. And so it starts with the thoughts. If we think that, then we're going to create it. We're going to create our days to be in such a way that we are the martyr. And we're going to pour out our hearts and we won't have anything left for ourselves. And we'll feel really guilty about getting anything in return. So first and foremost, we have to change our thoughts. Uh, So many philosophers and spiritualists and just expansive thinkers have talked about this. You know, who we are first starts within the mind. And if we are thinking in a certain way about what it means to be a mom, I mean, think of the mother archetype, right? There's kind of the shadow Mm -hmm. of the mother. There's the light of the mother. And where are we? And, And how do we bring in more of the light? You know, a mother is about nurturing. In fact, I was just working on a case study today, and the woman was talking about how she had uh, a, a mother who was a, she called her a critiquer, critiquer, you know, critical mother. She never really mm-hmm. felt nourished with her mother. And, you know, that's, that's a terrible place to be, uh, right? Because then you feel like you always want to go into the arms of your mom. You know, where do you go for nurturing? It's typically mom. And if mom right. is quickly, is then, so, you know, there, there's a shadow of the mom and then there is how do we step into the light being expansive not just with others but with ourselves mm-hmm. so and well, believing, what do you mean I mean yeah let's go ahead well I was going to say the, the way that I would work on something like that because I've had a lot of working moms and whole detox and the way that I try to get at that space is um, we have seven different things on the menu every day of the whole detox program and it doesn't mean that you have to do and take from all those seven things, but there are some that can help you with what we just talked about. Like one is limiting beliefs. You know, we we don't realize how many things are limiting us, that we're creating our own toxicities by kind of having an imprint of a certain thought about how we need to be, how we need to do things, how we need to be a mom. And really and truly what I like to do is dismantle and Use your word of transformation. How do we transform that? Because it's not working. It's not working for you. So obviously, it's it's toxic. And so we start with the beliefs. We look at what is limiting. Mm-hmm. Just one yeah. question. That's just one of the many of where to go with that. Yeah, and you know, even I look at my life and I feel like I am now to the place where I can really realize I have this choice, but. You know, that was a real process for me to come out of being such a victim and doing a lot of healing those limiting beliefs before I was really able to say, oh, I do have a choice. I can believe in this abundant, expansive universe or I can believe in this limited universe. I get to choose. And and how we choose to see it makes all the difference in the world. Bingo. 
you know, and, and so for you to be working with women in that capacity is so enriching and will help so many women because they don't realize that that's the first place to start. They have to, yeah. and it takes a lot to change your mind on something, right? We get yeah. so in the groove of our mental patterns and, you know, it, and our, it's how just, we get our needs met, you know, we, we learn. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we just lost you again. Connected. We lost you, Maria. I, <laughs> I'm really laughing because I feel like I'm getting all these opportunities to practice what we're actually talking about as we talk about <laughs> We were just talking about how great this, this blog talk forum is, right? It's just like, see, it's like our limiting beliefs. Maybe we, we, we just have to be open to anything. <laughs> it's all good. Oh my goodness. I am here. I have really good reception and I'm on my phone. It's not the blog talk radio. I have no idea what's going on. Um the strange thing. But and you know you're you're blipping out, right? Because I don't want you to have to I am to wait. so for some reason. Okay. Um I am going to call back in on the landline okay. and um while I'm doing that, why don't I just ask a question? Um, okay. I'm still I'm still going in and out. Is that the case? No, you're good now. You were going in and out, and now you're back. So I don't know how long that will last. Okay. Well, let me just ask this question. Um, so we talked about the spiritual aspect at the beginning, and you said that we would touch some more on that as we went through the show. So I'm wondering if we could just touch more on that and what that means for you and why that would be important. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's kind of a tricky term, right, spiritual, because um, people have all kinds of connotations and, and impressions when they hear that word. And, in fact, you know, you even think of the word detox, so many impressions, too, when you hear that word. So same thing with spiritual. So what I do within the whole detox book is I define it very clearly. Spiritual to me means a sense of inner connection and interconnection with all of life. So it means that, you know, you wake up and you're, you kind of realize how you're one small piece in this great big whole and how profound that can be. So you have a sense of meaning, you have a sense of purpose, 
you you um, are seeing life as one big great playground of experience. It's kind of like an earth school, right? So it's much more mm-hmm. comprehensive. It's not connected to religion. It's not connected to a belief system. It's just a sense of, it's kind of like what Dan Buettner talked about in the Blue Zones, where he looked at all these people that were 100 and greater in age and looked at what made them so vital. And one of them was a sense of purpose. You know, you wake up and it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm here to do this and I want to do it. And I feel connected to this cause. That's how I define spirituality. So it's being connected. Mm. It's so important. Um it's so essential mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really to this process. You know, Absolutely. If, if we are on this journey and really wanting to heal on a deep level and we can't see our purpose or what some of my clients struggle with is even they don't know even what they enjoy. And so we go through the mm-hmm. process of discovering things that could mm-hmm. be enjoyable to them in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so we're going through life mm-hmm. with this. Are you still there? Yes. Can you hear me? Now I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, oh. Um, you know, we really go through this, trying to go through life and getting healthy, where pleasure, I've learned, on my journey is mm-hmm. actually a survival need that we have. And so if mm-hmm. we're not experiencing pleasure and we're not feeling purposeful, and we don't have a dream that we're working towards, we're going to be looking for momentary pleasure in things like food or sugar or alcohol that don't serve where we really want to be in life. And then we're going to continue mm-hmm. suffering, and I really believe that suffering is, is a messenger showing us that things oh aren't gosh, balanced in our life. Well. Yeah, so you're right. Either we go for the big gusto pleasure of, you know, what is our life's mission about and staying really connected and tethered and anchored into that, or we kind of find these superficial pleasures, which just, it's like a monkey going from branch to branch, and it's just kind of like getting us through the day, but it's really not satisfying. And because it's not satisfying, we continue to take bits and, and, and bites of, of things and experiences and try to string them together so I agree. And, and, you know, not everybody, you know, it, it's difficult because purpose is not something that all of a sudden you just kind of wake up and have. Some mm-hmm. people are just naturally with kind of like a knowing. And for other people, you know, their sense of purpose, they get kind of lost in life. They have a lot of emotional distress and they kind of move away from, you know, what is that sense of purpose? Which is why, if I can bring it into this discussion of, uh, of spirituality, the idea of faith, that faith is... Again, I don't see this as being connected to religious tenets. I just see faith as kind of like it's all going to work out because we are all connected. We are all in some way helping each other, even though it may not look like that. You know, I've had a lot of things which on on the outside look like they were tragedies that happened to me in my life. But in the end, when I look back, it's like, oh, my gosh, that was like the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I would have never become the person I am without that, right? So that's kind of a spiritual outlook when we kind of look at our lives and say, Mm -hmm. wow, everything is for a reason. But that's not something that we can automatically program. That takes time to really ingrain that kind of thinking and perspective into our lives. But when we do, it saves us a lot of grief and suffering because then we're not 
connected into like the trench of negative uh, experiences. It's almost like one of my teachers who said to me, you know, when you relate to people, let's just say you're at a party and everybody's kind of talking and doing the click clack and, you know, you, they kind of get into the, the, the everyday stuff and yet you have to somehow ratchet yourself into this zone, especially if you start seeing like a lot of ego stuff happening, right? Like people kind of competing with each other or, you know, just kind of focusing on themselves or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and, and maybe you see mm-hmm. something that kind of you got to just kind of like almost move yourself up into your spirit and kind of say, you know, at, at all of our cores, we want love, we want healing, and we have this light in us. And so if I can see you, you know, you think of that phrase, namaste, I, the divine in me sees the divine in you. If you can stay in that mindset and in that spiritual set of just saying, you know what, I'm going to, even though the situation is kind of bothering me in my physical self, I'm going to just work and operate and ratchet myself up into more of my spirit realm right now and just kind of look on the situation and see it with completely different eyes. That takes a lot of training and, and exercise to continue to do that. Meditation can help you to do that because it gives you perspective. It puts you in touch with that silence within. But sometimes, you know, being around people, that's the best training. You, you, being around things that are mm-hmm. going to challenge you, it's easy to be off on a mountain meditating it's harder right. to be in a city around lots of people who are really going to bug you, you know? And so it's like ratchet yourself up. And I use up in a metaphorical sense. I don't mean like you're going above them in terms of you're better than them. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is ratchet your perspective up. Look up high and kind of see like, oh, this dynamic might be playing out because, you know, whatever. I, you don't even need to know the rationale. But just to look on that situation with love and a, a sense of connection. And the, yeah, and the faith, right? That's, I think that's the important part to know. I, 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 all, I have a similar experience where our life fell apart completely. And out of that came my healing process and me finding my purpose. And, I, and so often that happens. You know, our yeah. struggle is the thing that, that guides us to what our life purpose is. And when we're in challenging situations, if we can trust that without having to know this is abundant trust that our needs are going to be met, we can have an entirely different experience even when the when the circumstances are very challenging. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you said that in a beautiful way. I think that all of us have had those those trying times where it's like, why me? Well, why not mm-hmm. you? Uh, this could be the best gift that's ever been given to you, you know, uh, yeah. but we don't see it in the moment because we tend to have a limiting way of how we perceive what's good for us. You know, we don't even see that, um, you know, different emotions, anger, fear, jealousy, grief, that all these things could be, you know, actually kind of moving us in different directions. They can be gifts in disguise. So, yeah, treasure mm-hmm. those. Yes. You know, I went to a client who said to me, that illness is the Western form of meditation. Illness is the Western form of meditation. It's almost like when these things happen to us at a very big level where we have these life-changing events, just causes us to pause, causes us to reevaluate. It causes us to get into our spirit and start to look from up high on, okay, what's really going on with my life here? What do I need to reevaluate or change or shift? 
So, yeah, yeah it's, it's good, juicy stuff. Yes. It's all our teacher, really. Life is our teacher. All of these experiences can be if we can, if we can open to that. And, you know, in my experience, that required a, a decent amount of deep emotional healing in order to be able to um, see it that way. You know, I feel like sometimes we get the we can we can end up having a lot of shame because we think, well, why can't I just change my thinking, <laughs> you know? And it's really a process right. journey and not something that usually is just instantaneous and magic. Oh, I think I'll just change my thinking and now everything will change. It's, you know, it's a journey like anything else. And like it is said, a journey. It's something that even even though you and I are talking like this right now, and we know this, we can be in moments where we're not ratcheted up, we're, we're down in the trench, oh, yes. you know, and, and, and that yes. happens all the time. So it's like, yes. <laughs> I don't want to come off of as, you know, I, I'm perfect, holy pure person because by all means I'm not. Uh, so it's a, it's a life coming back journey. to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, you come back to your center, you, you ratchet yourself up, you look from above and it's like, okay, what's going on here? And that's the idea of going symbolic. You know, Maria, one of my favorite authors is, um, he's an Irish philosopher. His name is John O'Donohue, and he has a beautiful book mm-hmm. called Anamkara, and Anamkara means soul friend. And, yeah. you know, you listen to him on, oh, just such good stuff. And he, and he talks about how everybody, everybody has a story. And, you know, you've got your own unique story within, and nobody has your story. We all go through life. We all may be at similar events, but... Nobody has your perspective. There's something really unique and special and timeless uh, about your experience. And so really owning that, not getting in comparative mode with other, with other people's stories, but really getting into the crystalline nature of your own story and, and perspective. So I always want us to, to come back to story because um, one of my Native American teachers talks about, she said, when we stop telling stories and we stop dancing, we stop living. So, mm. so I'm not so much of a dancer. I know you are probably more than me, but, <laughs> you know, they said that, like, <laughs> ways, like dancing and storytelling around a fire, you know, you can even envision it. So story, listening to each other's stories, talking with each other about your story and writing your story, maybe journaling your story, painting your story, whatever that means, I want everybody listening to really just treasure their experiences in that way, their their lifeline and, and what they've done and who they've become. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said, too, in listening, listening to other people's stories. It's so healing for us to listen, to, to be seen, to feel seen and heard, you know, as well as telling our stories, listening to other people's stories and holding that space. It's just a really important part of this process in my experience when we listen we actually learn and um even today when i was reviewing this case study with this with this person so many similar things you know as she was going through her case of endometriosis ovarian cysts and looking at her very emotional past and having a critical mother well gosh you know as i listen into her story and what she's about it's like i can identify with certain parts of that and when we identify, we feel that we feel that sense of connection. It's like, wow, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And actually, yes. I know what you because I was in that that similar story. And and here are some things X, Y, and Z that you may like. So, yeah, 
I like what you said about feeling witnessed. You know, people need to be heard. Um, there's a book called How Doctors Think. It's by Dr. Jerome Groupman, and he talks about how the average person, when they go to the doctor, within 18 seconds of the doctor listening to them, has already formed a diagnosis. You know, there, there's actually no real connection to story in the medical field anymore. Uh, well, in certain pieces and pockets there are, but for the most part, we've lost the story, and in the story is where we have the solutions and we actually know what we need to do. Yes, yes. We really are the expert of our own selves, aren't we? We are. So <laughs> we really are. And and we don't stop in, in our culture. I mean, how often do we actually stop, you know, and just breathe? It's something that is important. So I would love to um, ask you before our time is up about seven systems and also vibration. I would I would love to just hear maybe kind of your if you have a quicker summary of what are the energy systems in the body and what is vibration and what does that have to do with our experience of life? Wow, you give me the the biggest question for the end, Maria. And now <laughs> I get this one through. All right. So um, I've taken mind, body, spirit into seven different systems. Okay. And these systems have body, lifestyle, food, and psychology components to them. So I have uh, within the whole detox book, there's a questionnaire that people can take to kind of figure out which of these seven systems in their lives, you know, because we're complex beings. We're not just mind, body, spirit. We're bigger than that. And so I'm focusing on seven and each of the seven have a color. So you can kind of figure out where you are deficient or excessive or just not balanced, and you can focus on that within the detox. So each of these, I don't discount the physical because each of these seven systems have a physical nature to them, as they do a psychological nature. So there, there is this interconnection between the two. So um, I'll just go through them quickly if that makes good sense at this point. Yeah. Would that be good? Okay. So mm-hmm. the first one is the color red. And it aligns to the adrenal glands. It's all about the physical body. So when we go through the, the whole detox during these days, we're focused on, you know, being grounded, feeling instinctual, being connected to the earth. And we focus on protein. We focus on minerals and red-colored foods. And, and we really get into things like safety, survival, and tribe. You know, where is our tribe, our community, our family? So this is where a lot of healing takes place for people. The root is key. The second one is what I call the flow, and it's orange, and it connects into our creative aspects of our being, our watery elements. So our reproductive tract, our urinary tract, our our hips, our kidneys, and it's all about creativity, emotions, and relationships. And the foods that I focus on here are fats and oils, water, anything that's orange in color. I think of salmon, which is orange, and it's in the water. How perfect is that? Uh, but then also things like nuts and seeds and tropical foods like mangoes and uh, pineapple and coconut and all, all kinds of exquisite things there to kind of give us that feeling of relaxation. The the third one is the color yellow. So it's like a brilliant ray of sunlight, and it is what I call the fire. So it's the fire element, and it aligns to the digestive tract. And this is where a lot of people have a lot of issues in 
issues about transformation, balance, uh, their, their sense of power, how much energy they have. And so what I find during the detox is people are trying to fuel this center with carbohydrate, typically sugar. So that's why we move into more of the, this is the carbohydrate center, but and I don't believe that carbohydrates are bad. It's just about knowing how to tailor their use for certain applications. And so we focus on complex carbohydrates, legumes for people that can do them, fibers of all types, um, whole grains, or even, you know, I, I don't take sugar out of my detox because I just don't feel like it's practical. I actually feel like it charges people up a bit more to be connected mm-hmm. to sugar when they're not connected to sugar. So I do allow certain golden forms of honey, like um, honey. Uh, it is a, it, I, I do like honey. I think um, there are certain honeys that can be so beneficial for us and not harmful for the blood sugar in moderate amounts. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is the color green, and it is uh, we're up in the heart area now, and so it's all about the heart and the lungs. It's how we circulate and oxygenate. And um, along those lines, you know, how do we expand our hearts to being of service, to be compassionate, to being dedicated and devoted? And in the same way, how do we do all of those things towards ourselves? So this is where... <laughs> Usually I find a lot of overactive hearts and, and love systems here. So we cho- you had asked about the moms, and this is where I see a lot, of, um, a lot of healing needs to take place. So we can do that through food, and uh, the food here would be greens, leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables, microgreens, sprouts, uh, some of the green food powders that people can add into their smoothies. So we focus on green for those three days. The the fifth one is the color aquamarine. It correlates to the base of the throat, the whole throat and mouth area, the thyroid gland. Uh, If you look at this area, it has a lot of sensory inputs, smelling, hearing, tasting. You know, we're chewing, we're extracting things. We're we're already starting the digestive process. And, of course, speaking. So speaking our truth, and this is a big one. Maria, I think that this is one that you're really connected into as well, is how do we show who we are authentically through how we speak, uh, so our voice. And so the foods that align to this system are anything that keep our throats lubricated, moist. Uh, so I'm thinking of um, solid and liquid combinations, so soups and sauces and broths and stews and uh, juices and smoothies, things like, or even teas too, you know, sea plants as mm-hmm. part of that because they they're physical matter. They're plants that are grounded in the earth, but they're in the water. So I look at alchemy here, bringing together the earth and the water elements through food. The insight is the sixth system of health, and it's the color indigo, which is like a blue-purple color. And that connects into the brain. So this is about uh, the pituitary gland. It's about not just thought. Thought is more in the fire system because you know, thought is such a catalyst. But here we're up in the realm of wisdom. We're up in the realm of discernment and knowledge, intuition, our dream state, our sleeping state, reflecting. Uh, and, and so bringing in a lot of the blue-purple colored foods like berries, which can help with our thinking process. Um, anything, I just posted on Instagram last night, this compilation of what helps our third eye, you know, our insight center amethyst I had in there. I had lavender. I had cacao nibs. I had blueberries. These are, you know, there are so many things we can use. I I focus on food, but you can use lots of different things there. And then the final Mm -hmm. system 
is what we've already discussed, which is called the spirit. Connects to the pineal gland, and it's all the parts of us that are invisible. So our energy meridians, our um, electromagnetic fields, our energy fields, you know, everything that we're, we're putting off in, in the invisible realm that people can sense and that we know about, but we're not perhaps as connected into. So with the, with the spirit, we're focused less on, less on things that are physical and more on things that are non-physical. So cleansing, not eating as much, intermittent fasting. During these days of whole detox, I actually have people scale down their food intake. And I don't advocate fasting per se, but we do just a little bit of trimming on those days in our food intake to take us a little bit more out of the body and to focus on our, our non-physical mm. needs. So those are the mm-hmm. seven systems. And then you can kind of see where you're imbalanced. And, you know, they're all my favorites because, you know, we are that full spectrum. We're not just one of those. We are all of them. It's just sometimes things are not aligned right, you know. So maybe our flow, our emotions aren't really talking as well to our fire. And, and so we get some digestive upset. So there, there's kind of a dance that happens amongst these seven. They're kind of like Christmas tree lights, ding, 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 right, these seven. And so if we have a short in one of the lights and, and we're not getting a full glow, it's going to really impact the whole spectrum, you know, and we start to feel that ripple through effect. Yeah, and what I love so much about how you teach it is um, it's so easily understandable, and it really helps us to see that there's so much more to us and to our lives than just the physical, which in the West is mostly what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. Just nourishing so all of those systems. And then I really like how you go through each system and what the limiting beliefs associated with each of those systems may be and the affirmations you know, that we can use for each of those systems. Because I think... So often we we aren't aware of our limiting beliefs. So just going through that and really looking at all those different aspects in a detox where you're not starving, you know, you're not even hungry, you're eating all these amazing colorful foods and nourishing yourselves and adding in all of this beautiful vibrance along with looking at where the imbalance. It just is, it's such a balanced approach to me and it doesn't create a, you know, so often what I've seen is that people detox and then they feel so deprived that it backfires and it turns into a binge and it turns into shame and guilt and all this toxicity that um, we really want to be detoxing from our lives. And I feel like whole detox doesn't have that effect at all. Right. Well, and I that was my aim, that I didn't want people to feel deprived and then they come out of it and then they just binge again. And, you know, it's kind of like a roller coaster because detoxes can act in a very roller coaster like way if they're not done Mm -hmm. right. Uh, People think, Oh gosh, I've just rewarded myself. I went three weeks without eating any of this stuff. Now I can really dive in again, (laughs) you know, and we don't think that we don't think we're going to act like that, but that is our future self sometimes where we just kind of move into that mode. And it's like, wow. So I'm more interested in the small, sticky, kind of the subtle lifestyle changes. And, and that really is the goal of whole detox is to be forgiving, to be loving, to be expansive, to create, to provoke, and 
challenge, but at the same time, you know, just know that we're, we're all doing the best we can in every moment with what we have. So yeah, that, that's kind of my mm-hmm. approach with the detox. And that's why people say to me, they're like, wow, this is not really, is this really a detox program? This feels like just a program to be healthy. And I say back to them, I say, well, isn't that what detox is supposed to be? How did we get so far down the track <laughs> thinking that we had to make it so depriving and dismal? Because um, that to me feels unhealthy. <laughs> yes, it's, it's yes, it's not a balanced approach when we do it that way. But that's what, it's sort of the way of the American mind. It seems like is to get where I need to go, I have to suffer and restrict and torture yeah. myself. Well, not really. We don't. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing. And that's where I feel like your book is so clear. And it's, it's a, you know what I loved? When I joined the group, it was kind of at the last minute, and I wasn't in the place yet to really go for a full program. And so the first thing I think that you posted was about this is not about perfection. This isn't about doing everything every day perfectly. You know, that's actually what we're releasing ourselves from and I thought that's just such a perfect way to start a detox meet ourselves where we are and add in the things that feel manageable without overstressing ourselves or without stressing ourselves just adding in what feels nourishing and starting there and I and I really feel like that's such an important aspect of detoxes like you were saying the compassion self-compassion meet myself where I am accept myself where I am what can I do? What will work for me here? Amen. And leave the rest. <laughs> because, you know, that's something I, I struggle with as well, even through my upbringing, is perfectionism. And I know how toxic it can be because it's, it's almost like you, you're you not finding in yourself. You're finding the most toxic in yourself, and you're really nestling into that. So I had to clear that slate quickly in in, in several detox programs because people get really bent out of shape when, when, you know, they have a program to follow and it's like, oh my gosh, but I didn't do it right today. We don't want to like. And then we give up. Those. Yeah, they give up. <laughs> it sets us up. No, we don't have yeah. to do it perfectly. The way we're doing it is perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, exactly. so important. Well, I just, I so appreciate you being on the call and being patient with the, um, imperfection of whatever was going on there and I <laughs> I really am going to have to laugh okay. after I hang up and think that was really um, I'm sure the perfect plan of the universe so that we could you know sometimes I feel like it's been so relieving for me when I'm listening to an interview that doesn't go perfectly and the people flow with it and you're like oh you can just uh-huh. flow with it you don't have to freak out wow so we got that opportunity <laughs> thanks I'm for glad we we needed to work on that perfectionistic tone that we may have. So it us. I think so. I mean, really flowing is is the practice. So, um, how can how can people find your book, and how can they find you online? Yeah, a couple of ways. Um, they can go to the Whole Detox website, which is whole w h o l e dash detox dot com. They can also go to the DeannaMinnick.com website. And I've got a couple of Facebook pages and Instagram and all that other stuff. But um, on Facebook, you can find the Deanna Minnick fan page. That's just an easy way for me to capture everything I'm doing there. Then I also mm-hmm. have a closed Facebook page, which is called Whole Detox Community. 
and we do a bunch of things there. And um, oftentimes I just conduct free programs for people there, like the Plastic Free Challenge. And I did a 12-week book club there. So people can just ask to be invited, and then I let uh, either me or somebody else is, is letting you in. And, you know, we've got over, I don't know, probably like over 1,500 people in that. So it's it's got some momentum, and, and, and it's fun. It's fun to continue the dialogue and discussion. Yeah, yeah, that's so great too that you offer it for free so people can just jump in so they don't they can ask questions, they don't feel like they're off on their own doing this, which like we were talking about that community ask you for all the work that you're yeah. doing and for being on the show today. I I really appreciate you taking the time and I'm going to I'm going to definitely continue to follow your work because I so resonate with you on many many levels. Oh, well, likewise, Maria. I feel like we're we're definitely kindred and on the same wavelength. I hope to see you at the, the whole detox workshop in September. That'll be fun. Yes. I will I I'm gonna definitely plan on that. So um how can I how can can other people join that? Is that absolutely that... Uh, it is I live in about an hour away from Seattle. So people can take if they live in Seattle, they can take the West Seattle ferry over and I'm a short distance from that. So um, if you're willing to fly in, sure. But if you're local, even better. It's it's much easier. So yeah, it's September 3rd, and it's um, if you go to the the whole Detox community page, that's actually where we've uh, uploaded the information on the workshop. I don't think we have okay. it on the website. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. That's a great thing for that's coming up that um, people can join in if they are resonating with this today. So. Thank you so much. I am your host, Maria Rippo, and you can find more of me at mariarippo.com and facebook.com forward slash Maria Rippo, as well as Twitter at Maria Rippo. Thank you all so much for being on the show today, and I hope that it was very helpful for you.